Hey everyone, Mario Barecki here, and I am known as the Conversation Guy. I'm also the founder of MediaMar, and at MediaMar, we help thought leaders craft and distribute conversations that convert. I believe everything starts with a conversation. I believe conversations are the most powerful way to create connections, to create relationships, and to create opportunities with each other. So everything has a basis in conversation. And on this podcast that you're about to listen to, I'm going to have 10-minute conversations with thought leaders to do just that, create relationships, create opportunity, but more importantly, to convey value, value from them and their perspective and how they operate on a daily basis, and to really tell a story that can bring some value and positivity tips, tricks, ideas, what have you, to your life to make it better. So sit back, relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. It is my honor and privilege to bring back onto the line Dr. Darren Detweiler. He is an author, professor, consultant, columnist, and a thought leader in food policy. He's been described as one of America's leading food and safety advocates by the Food Safety Magazine, and also one of the most well-known, respected, and accomplished people in the food safety industry by Food Safety News. In 2018, he received the International Association for Food Protection's Distinguished Service Award, and he's the author of Food Safety, Past, Present, and Predictions, and Building the Future of Food Safety Technology which was published in 2020. He is a Navy nuclear submarine veteran, and you can find more about him and everything that Dr. Darren does at HerculeanEffort.net. So go there, check him out. The link you can, of course, find in the show notes. Dr. Darren, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited to have you back. And one thing I want to just get into right out of the gate is, you know, having read your bio twice now, there's a lot there. You do a lot. Uh, that's even... <laughs> That's even just a Reader's Digest version of it. There's so yeah. many things that I, uh, you know, that that we all do. But but yeah, uh, whether it is kind of in the the, the last uh, you know couple of years or over my my broad career, I have worn many 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 hats. You are an extremely busy guy. How do you keep track of your life? How do you keep it organized? My best friend is my calendar. You know, I, I keep it updated. I, I literally even have to go like I will call him or she will call me, you know, because just putting a, uh, you know, talk with so and so at, you know, tomorrow at noon, that little bit in terms of what number do I got to call and, you know, that kind of thing. Or the other thing, too, is like, let's say that I have a, a, a presentation on uh, April 5th. I will put on my calendar that April 5th presentation. Here's the access. Here's the time. Here's all that kind of stuff. But I'll even put I'll kind of reverse engineer it and say, you know, I have to have my presentation notes. I have to have my slides. I have to have this ready by this date. So it is about keeping those hats and those times and places. We're not even traveling during the pandemic. You know, during the pandemic, a lot of this is obviously, uh, you know, in terms of virtual and linking. But before the pandemic, I had to have, uh, you know, flight and and you know the confirmation number and the ticket number and 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 you know check in online and 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 uh, what time do I really need to be at the airport? So what time do I really need to leave for the airport? Where's my hotel? You know, where's the venue? I I had these sheets. There were times where I'd have these these sheets that that uh, you know day by day for a week or two. You know, where am I? When am I leaving? Where am I staying? Uh, you know, kind of a thing. And I'd have a copy of it in my calendar and a copy of it on my 
briefcase and a coffee, a copy of it, um, you know, for the office and, and even a copy of it at home um, should should other uh, people need to know. So it really is about trying to keep everything planned and organized. And but I also think that and, and you and I talked about this briefly. It's impossible to wear all those hats at once and be 100 percent of everything. Wouldn't you say so? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, that's something with my clients all the time we talk about, because I think a lot of times if you're in the entrepreneurial space or if you're in the thought leadership space, you feel like if you pick one thing, like conventional wisdom says you're pigeonholing yourself, but you want to make this big impact and do all these different things like you, you have all these different hats that you wear and all these things you're passionate about. So one of the things that we always talk about is make keeping the main thing, the main thing, finding that one thing focusing on that. But then from that, you can extrapolate and go in different directions. But you still have to be known for that one thing because the jack of all trades is really the master of none, right? Very much so. And, you know, there's oh, there's there's so much social stigma. You know, those who can't do teach or he talks a lot or, or um, you know, she tells a lot of stories uh, kind of a scenario. But I, I do think that if I was to have my one thing that's kind of a consistent through all the different things that I do, it would be that uh, I'm a I'm a communicator. I, I communicate not only like the facts, the details, who, what, when, but I can help explain you know different perspectives, different stakeholders, weave in you know that that why is this important. I I can. Um, I can I can really hook in an audience and make an emotional plea that goes beyond you know the the, the charts and the data and and things of that nature. And I think that's in society today and in industry, especially in industry, um, we can have we can be we can be data rich, but information poor. And we want to have you know data driven decision making. We want to have actionable information. But I think that the biggest barrier to actionable information is, you know, the, the why behind it, the very human element that whether it's the true burden of disease or the, the stakeholder impact, um, um, when, we, when we are devoid of those, we're just kind of going through the motions and, and, you know, we're cost benefit analysis and return on investment, but we're not looking at the idea of why do we need to think of this in terms of the long-term gains as opposed to purely just the short-term gains. Uh, uh, gains, excuse me. And that's kind of where I come in, in terms of how I look at this and how I, I teach and train and write and speak. When did you come to, and I guess in the course of your career, when did you come to that epiphany that I'm a communicator above all? I do all of these other things. I'm passionate about all these things, but above all of this, what ties them all together is the fact that I'm a communicator and that's my core identity. Well, you know, I, bef I was a nuclear engineer in the Navy, and I remember this whole idea about um, it's one thing to know things, another thing to be able to communicate. And we see that in, you know, you'll hear like these, these, these corporate types that are saying, um, I don't want to hire someone because they have the technical skill. I can teach the, you know, we can teach the technical skill. We need to have people who can think outside the box and they can work in teams and they have leadership and ethics and they can communicate. Um, 
but you know, I was a musician before I was in the Navy and um, you had to kind of figure out how to work with the team and how to communicate in a different way. Uh, when I was on a submarine, you had to figure out how to communicate a different way. And after I was in the service, I became a teacher and, uh, you know, teaching is definitely about communicating. Um, um, especially when you're trying to figure out how do you put this into perspective. And then my work within food safety has been all about the idea of, of communicating um, in terms of, of you know, you, you, yes, you can write letters, I guess, you know, you can, there's people with social media, there's influencers, there's a lot of different ways we communicate today. Um, but whether you use this platform or that technology or, 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 or that format, it really comes down to the art of telling the story, being able to understand the audience, being able to have that kind of transparency and credibility, but at the same time, um, transcend, you know, transcend facts and data in terms of, of that, that uh, ability to change behavior and motivate whether it's for compliance or, or or change. That's such a good point. I love how you put that transcend data because I think that in today's world, people still fall back on this information or this exchange of information and data and they think that it's more valuable than it is. What I mean by that is we all carry a phone in our pocket that can access pretty much any type of information at any time. I remember when I was in school, you know, they would pass out in math class, they would pass out calculators from a box and we were only allowed to use them at certain times. And the teacher would be like, well, you're not always going to have a calculator in your pocket when you need it. Well, guess what? Today, I always have a calculator in my pocket when I need it. So we have this information-rich landscape, and we have all this data. But like you said, transcending the data has now become what's the, what's the most valuable. How do you recommend to people who are listening to this how they can begin that process of transcending the data, so to speak? I think that there's many ways of looking at this. You know, looking at different political opinions – Looking at bias, looking at how one news service would cover it as opposed to another news service, realizing that there are certain flags, if you will. You know, when someone says this has never happened before or, um, you know, this is I, I'm the only one who can do this or this is the only way. Or this always happens kind of thing. That to me is one of those kind of um okay, wait a minute, there has to be another example of this. There has to be, um, you know, a, a parallel or whatever. And we can look in history. We can see when uh, this happens over and over again, this this in, uninterrupted, endless cycle, if you will, of repetitive behaviors. And uh, especially like when you have a foodborne illness outbreak, um, you know, uh, or if there's a, a racial discrimination issue, Corporations come back and say the same thing every time. We are against this. We're going to put a new leadership. We're going to invest in this, and we're going to train to do this to prevent this from happening again. Whatever the issue is, they always say that same exact playbook of, of, of you know bullet points kind of a scenario. And I always look at it in terms of, but we can say, can we predict this and say, maybe you could do something about this before it becomes an issue when you can reduce the liabilities in the first place and perhaps invest less money into prevention than the large amount of money that's going to come into trying to correct the situation. So again, history, patterns, uh, multiple perspectives, I think are the biggest ways for us to try to transcend beyond just the data and the facts that are presented to us. 
And I think what you just said is even more valuable in today's world with, I, I don't know about you, but today news is more to me, more opinion based than it's ever been. And it's like, when you listen to something, I'm always like, okay, what's the middle ground here? Because that's probably closer to what's real than what they're actually saying. And it's a sad thing that we have to do that, but that's the state of the world today. So being able to look at different sides, different facts. And I always tell, I always have the belief that the truth isn't a subjective thing. It's an objective thing. The truth is the truth. It's up to us to uncover it. It's not like everyone likes to say, well, my truth is this. Well, there's no such thing as my truth. It's the truth. So there is the truth about something and it's up to us to uncover what that is from an objective perspective. And usually it's listening to all this different data, all these different things, but then transcending it to come to what is real, not what do you believe or what do you believe or what's your opinion? Cause there's such thing as opinion, but it's what is real and what is the truth in this particular subject area or this topic. Definitely. I mean, we've all been there where we look at the picture on a menu or, or uh, you know, at a restaurant and it shows us, oh, look how big that is. And then you get it. And it's like, it's not like that at all kind of a thing, you know? Um, oh, yeah. The stakes are a little bit bigger when we're talking about everything from pandemic to food safety to politics to um, uh, to careers to families, things of that nature. Um, and sometimes that transcending the opinion, even transcending facts in terms of finding the, the, the truth behind everything just has that much more of an importance. Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Darren, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate everything you shared, not only on this episode, but on the last episode as well. I want to remind people they can find you at HerculeanEffort.net. So go there. And while you're there, grab a copy of, of one of his books. He's got two books, Food Safety, Past, Present, and Predictions, which was published in 2020 and also published in 2020, Building the Future of Food Safety Technology. So go there, check that out, grab a copy of his books, reach out to him via social media. If you want to have a conversation, I know he's always happy to talk and meet new people and do, do new things. Dr. Darren, thank you so much. Let's definitely do this again soon. Thank you very much. Hey, everyone. I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. Conversations are what I thrive on. It's something that I believe is so important for each and every one of us to have conversations that matter, to have conversations that connect us, to create relationships with each other. So the conversation that I have with the guests that are on the show, the conversations that the guests and I create to have with you are equally important and a great way for you to have conversations with us is to rate and review the podcast. So if you could go to Apple Podcasts, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review this, it is much appreciated. And you can always find us at MediaMario.com. If you go to MediaMario.com, you can find all the things there. If you want to connect with the guests that I had on today or guests that I've had on the show in the past, you can go to MediaMario.com and get their information. If you want to connect with me and have a conversation with me, I welcome that. All my social links everywhere that you can find me all over the web is at MediaMario.com. So go there, visit us, connect with us. I'd love to have conversations with you. I hope you found value in today's show, and I can't wait to bring you the next conversation on the next episode of The Conversation Guy. Until then, have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you real soon.